31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour Engel. Henriette Schmidt, 31,999. The treason. Today is a day in March 1943, and Henriette Schmidt doesn't have the energy to survive. Death takes even those with the strongest will. Back in 1935, Henriette was a 23 years old French woman, a communist within a communist family. As a respected member of the party's youth, she was sent in Moscow for two years at the Leninist International School. Henriette was proud of this opportunity, so was her husband, Lucien, and her family. It was such an exciting time. There she was, traveling far east, in Moscow, studying to become a white collar, an executive. And more exciting, Henriette met with André Osler and fell in love. Henriette wasn't looking forward to be back, but she was also ready to force change in her life. Divorcing in France was not an easy decision in the 30s. Neither Lucien or her family approved of this decision. Her family wasn't fond of André either. So be it. Henriette and André would prove their worth as a couple, as communists. In 1936, Henriette became an important executive within the communist youth. André joined the International Brigades and came back as a hero. Henriette could finally divorce in 1938. André was finally accepted within the family and married Henriette a day in August 1939. Change happened. They made it happen. But a month later, in September 1939, France declared war to Germany after Germany invaded Poland. The dark time began. André joined as a soldier, yet disagreed with it all. He went to jail for attempting to darken the hearts of the soldiers, for disobeying. When France lost the war, André went to live in the shadow, using a different name. Henriette became a resistor as well, preparing the network with papers, IDs, places to sleep for those who didn't wish to be seen. And she kept on loving André, even if they rarely saw each other, even if she rarely knew what he was up to. In October 1941, Henriette had a feeling she was being followed by the police. When this situation happened, you need to make tough decisions. The guidelines are to destroy all evidences, leaflets, tracks, names. You need to abandon your place, all the meeting you have, and stay in a safe house for a while. You have to lay low. Henriette took no chances, and she decided to leave her place. But after a week in a safer place, she felt silly. Maybe it was just a feeling. Maybe she could come back to her flat, at least to gather everything. So she came back. And it wasn't a feeling. The police was waiting for her. They didn't even give her time to turn on the lights in the flat. 
She stayed in prison for months. Her network was caught by the authorities. So was Arthur Dalide, her triangle coordinator. Those were darker times. But one day, the light came back, briefly. She received a visit from André. It was so cavalier, so dangerous, so careless, so romantic. He took an unbelievable risk to see her, to tell her he loved her, that he escaped prison himself and would find a way to get her out too. André made hope possible. From that day on, Henriette waited any day for another visit, another sign, another message maybe. Another visit came, around August 1942. A man she didn't know told her that André died in her own parents' house. That man she never met explained her that he was shot by the communists who all agreed he was a traitor. André was the one who denounced Henriette because he met another woman and wished to get rid of Henriette. André was murdered in front of her parents. Colonel Fabien was here too. They all agreed he should die. And so should Henriette. She should agree. The man left, never to be seen again. There is darkness everywhere. There is darkness even in your family, biological or political. André being a traitor couldn't be true. It made no sense. Why would he visit her if he denounced her? How could he do such a thing? They loved each other so much. How could this be? Henriette decided not to believe this man whose face she already forgot. She would prove him wrong. She would prove everyone wrong. She would discover the truth and rehabilitate the love of her life. Yet, you know so little in prison. Pieces of information about the war, about France. Sometimes your family comes to see you, but you miss so much. You miss almost everything, and you can hardly piece things up. You can't prove anything. You only miss things in prison. You never catch up entirely. A traitor. This is who he was to everyone. And Henriette became a traitor's wife. Everything she did for the cause meant nothing. A traitor's wife can't be anything else than a traitor's wife. Everyone used to love and respect her. Now people wouldn't look her in the eye. Henriette couldn't prove her worth again either. You can't do that in prison. You can't force change. She hoped to get out eventually. But darkness grew stronger, and Henriette was sent to Birkenau. Back to the present, Henriette was determined to survive. She had to live, so she could finally come back and prove everyone wrong. She had the strongest will. Love was her driving force. But this place, this camp, it takes everything from you, even your imagination, even your will. Henriette is so exhausted, hungry, thirsty, she hardly remembers her name, she barely remembers André, her family, the betrayal, it is just too much. She can't hold on anymore. She goes to the river. She remembers nothing, her family, her husband, André or Lucien. She can't eat anything. What's the point of all this anyway? 
if anyone survives here. It cannot be a traitor's wife. What kind of life would await her back in France? The good times. We'll never go back. Darkness is everywhere. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of 31,000-45,000, the story of two trains of French members of the Resistance. My name is Mathieu Landau-Rengel. This episode was about Henriette Schmidt. Justice among the Resistance members was a controversial process, and it couldn't be done legally, as Resistance members were functioning in illegality. André Hussler, Henriette's husband, was apparently accused of giving information to the police, leading to the arrestation of Émile Dutilleul, another man named Orsel or Ursel, and his own wife, Henriette Schmidt. Whether this is true is now quite hard to verify. It may have been true, it may have been an exaggeration, but André Hussler was still sentenced to death by a communist tribunal in the home of Henriette's parents. It remains a very controversial decision. Pierre Georges, the soon-to-become Colonel Fabien, was um, supposedly present during the assassination of André, as they knew each other from the International Brigades. I will come back to him in another episode, but you may have noticed that his name popped already a few times. I made some assumptions for this episode regarding Henriette. I assumed Henriette wanted to prove herself to her parents by working hard for the Communist Party so her family would accept André in their family. I have no way to prove this. I have been trying to find Henriette Schmidt's relatives. Unfortunately, my research was unsuccessful. If by any chance you know of someone related to her, please let me know. I would be very pleased to get in touch and make sure the text I wrote doesn't contain any errors. My sources for this story are the book Le Convoi du 24 Janvier by Charlotte Delbo, A Train in Winter by Caroline Moorhead. My sources also are Red Triangles in Auschwitz by Claudine cardon amet the website Mémoire Vive, the Foundation for the Memory of Deportation website, the Metron website, the fantastic website Auschwitz.org. Thank you very much for listening. Next episode will be about Anne-Marie Ostrovka and the difficulties of being a European Jewish family. 31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel.